I got nothing. My mind is blank. You got to start it, though. <laughs> I got to start it? <laughs> you, yeah. Oh. You got to be like, hey, <clears throat> we're back. We're back! <laughs> and starting now. a long hiatus of the three of us not being able to get together it's just life you yeah. know <laughs> life was, happened uh, a lot of things a lot of just unavoidable things happened mm-hmm. yeah we were not recording it has it's it's been a crazy what three four months oh i think so yeah has it been it's that been long? a while I think so maybe Here. february Dear. Was the last one. Really? Except for the off the cuff. But, oh, yeah. but Nikki wasn't there for that, and no, it's yeah. just not the same. It's not. No. Yeah, Robin and I just wanted to get together for that and just, like, you know, so you could just. <laughs> Let's just put something down. Hear our voices <laughs> once again. <laughs> yeah, we were sad Nikki wasn't there. That's why it was unscripted. Yeah. <laughs> As it should have been. <laughs> the most planning that went into that was we brought our microphones and I brought a t shirt. That was it. <laughs> We're back with more stories to tell. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> yep. Hopefully, I'm excited. going forward, we won't have random crazy stuff happening to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, things happen, but it's going to get better from here. Yes. Well, thanks for sticking around and waiting on us. We really appreciate it. We do. We do. We've got a lot in store, really. Um, we've sat down and we've planned out a, a bunch of episodes, a bunch of potential places to go to and kind of laid out like the agenda, who's going to do what. Um, so we've got, got a lot of stuff in store that we're going to plan and, and do. Did we get to 20? How many think, have we laid I out? I think maybe close to it. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. I can't even remember what episode this is. Uh, <laughs> well, um, you should. Eight. Wait. <laughs> oh, is it? This is how good we are at organization, <laughs> y'all. We really know how to put a show together, don't, don't we? We just wing it. <laughs> it's a high-quality operation we got here. It is. Yeah, no, it's eight because, uh, yeah, seven was the claustrophobia mm. episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. So. That was a cool episode. So we're on eight. And uh, what, are we, what are we doing this episode? Colonial Virginia. Colonial Virginia. Is our main story. Yes. Nikki is taking the lead on that one. Yeah. I got the friend story, so that's why I had no idea what state we were in (laughs) when I came here. That's excusable. And then (laughs) then I've got the the C-rated, the honorable mention, although it's pretty, like, nutty. So buckle up. Well, we might need to just change yours to the (laughs) the main haunt, and mine will be the sea haunt. No. We'll play it by ear. No. (laughs) I'm sure it's great. (laughs) can't wait all right well uh i guess let's get started let's do it all right so i am going to be covering the eastern state hospital in colonial wounds williamsburg virginia a hospital a hospital nice okay we did a like one hospital before right and that was a friend's story yeah isn't that true we haven't like actually done a main story for a hospital yet yeah that's true um and this is a little bit this is a different hospital this is a mental hospital oh okay always so good 
it didn't seem sincere. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, creepy. Very creepy. Creepy. It mm-hmm. all the yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So it was actually America's first hospital dedicated solely to the care and treatment of the insane and was originally named Public Hospital for Persons of Insane and Disordered Minds. Wow. Very so long title. It was the first hosp- first mental hospital in America? Yes. Like, okay. So I Very bet people were, one. like, shipping their people there left and right. Well, <laughs> you would think, but um, it opened in 1770 okay. uh, when a lot of people weren't really, they didn't believe in mental health, mm. really, or mental health issues at the time. They're like we're we're gonna pray it away. Kind of, I guess. <laughs> that's what I would assume. Like little Timmy's kind of being a little rambunctious. Let's just pray it away. Yeah, it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I I'll cover this a little bit more, but really they looked at mental health issues as back then, as it was a a chosen illness. Oh. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't you- think you had. You know, that you had control over it. Mm-hmm. You chose really? to be insane. Wow. It's or, not all those chemicals in your brain up there. <laughs> no, you know, what's what's serotonin and, you know. Science. <laughs> <laughs> Witchcraft. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So, um, public hospital for persons of insane and disordered minds. Oh, wow. Say That's that a three mouthful. times fast. Yes. Um, it was a two-story brick institution south of Francis Street in Williamsburg and was founded at the urging of Governor Francis Fauquier. Sure. Fauquier? Fauquier. <laughs> Not Fauquier? Nope. Fauquier. Okay. <laughs> Let's see it. <laughs> it even has pronunciation in there. Huh. Interesting. Fauquier. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it looks French to me. Sounds <laughs> French. Okay, well, there you go. I'll go with it. it? All right. F-A-U-Q-U-I-E-R. Okay. I can read. <laughs> Words. <laughs> They're hard. <laughs> um, so like many men of the 18th century Enlightenment, uh, Fauquier believed science could be used to cure persons who are so unhappy as to be deprived of their reason. Hmm. That's how he put it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm liking this guy. Yeah. On June 4th, 1770, legislators adopted an act to, quote, make provision for the support and maintenance of idiots. (laughs) Oh, it started off good. It was like so official. Yes, yes. Oh. Um, Okay. This was okay. Sorry, I couldn't make it through that one. (laughs) No, no, it's okay. I was totally expecting that. Um, Continue. Yeah. So, the support and maintenance of idiots, lunatics, and other persons of unsound minds. Mm, okay. Okay. So, the, the idiots got me, and I was interested in that. So, I, lo- I looked it up, and evidently, in modern 18th century, an idiot was synonymous with just a person having the mindset of a toddler. Oh, um, wow. So, like today, would be having an intellectual disability or mental retardation. Wow. Okay. It's not really PC, but that's, you know. Neither is calling them an idiot. (laughs) idiot, (laughs) Like, huh. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. True. But, I mean, at the time, they were known as idiots. Wow. Interesting how the English language evolves. (laughs) So it had, um, who else were the other groups? It had the, the, quote, 
idiots, and then it oh, had lunatics mm, okay. and other persons of unsound minds. Okay. okay, just like a blanket for just everybody. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many people got sent there who didn't even belong there. You ever hear about like the stories of my wife? She's not happy. She wants to step out on our marriage. She must be crazy. Yeah. Let's oh. send her to the mental place. Yeah, I've yeah. heard lots, a lot of stories like that. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. More so women. That, that would be yeah, under yeah. that, like, blanket term of just, she's just, you know, not of sound she's, mind. I mean, well, she's trying to leave me. I mean, <laughs> who does that? <laughs> she doesn't want to do the dishes. <laughs> you know, in all seriousness, I bet it was a lot. I yeah. I, I can't imagine ha- being in that position and right. having to go through some of the things that we'll get into on this um, that they had to go through. But the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> So the hospital opened and admitted its first patient on October 12, 1773. 1773, okay. Uh, The building housed 24 cells, an apartment for a live-in keeper, and a meeting room for the court of directors. Okay. So each cell had a stout door with a barred window, Mm. a straw-filled mattress just thrown on the floor with a blanket, a chamber pot, Mm. and an iron ring that was attached to the wall. Um, and used to chain the patient. Oh wow! By the the wrist or legs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so very okay. rudimentary, mm-hmm. you know, just rough. Yeah. Well, I mean, I started kind of talking myself out of thinking, oh, these are not so bad living conditions because at the time in the 1700s they probably you know did have uh, just a chamber pot and just like a straw filled mattress. But then when you got to the iron ring on the wall, then I was like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not so great. Yeah. Spent all the money on the iron ring, but you couldn't get a nice mattress. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and they they just, they didn't care. These people, you know, they just thought they were crazy and didn't deserve anything, really. Mm -hmm. So apart from the keeper, uh, the staff include a matron for female inmates, a visiting physician, and slaves for domestic duties. Mm. So back in the 18th century, again, you know, there wasn't a lot known about mental disorders. Yeah. You know, then the theory of the day was mental illnesses were diseases of the brain and the nervous system, and the mentally ill just chose to be irrational or Mm. crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't look at it as an actual medical issue. Eventually, only two legitimate diagnoses were recognized there, melancholia and mania. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. So of all the people that were housed there over all this time, like, there was no calls really medically for them to be there? No. Wow. It was just people just thought they were crazy and Mm -hmm. didn't have anywhere else put, you know, for them. Mm -hmm. So they just threw them in this mental. Families just thought they were too hard to handle and wow. I probably would have been put in there. Mm. Me too. <laughs> or Same put in jail. Obviously. I'm thinking those are probably the options. Yeah. You either get put in jail or you get put in one of these facilities. Well, you know, I think I heard somewhere before, like back in those days, they didn't put women in jail. They sent them to mental institutions hmm. versus jail. Yeah, I but I could be wrong. It. I could be wrong about that. Somebody, let me know. <laughs> Send us a message. Yeah. So obviously the treatments were very cruel and gruesome. Um, they bet. consisted of restraint by straitjacket and manacles. Wait, um, what's a manacle? So the the iron cuffs around mm-hmm. your wrists oh, okay. or legs or ankles that you know they had chained to the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Strong drugs were used to evacuate their bodies, which ultimately led to diarrhea and vomiting when they first oh, arrived. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially when you say it like evacuate. Yeah. Well, what were they trying to do? Yeah. I get 
I don't know. Get honestly. the demons Get out. The demons oh, out. Yeah. God. <laughs> mm. Um. A super cleanse, I guess. Oh man. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they thought that it was, you know, a mental or a, you know, brain and nervous system yeah. issue. So if they got all of that out of their system, then they'd be fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or if they thought that they had already been taking some sort of substance or something before, then they were like, if we give you this turbo laxative then (laughs) you know we'll get you clean as a whistle (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs) that's my theory and i'm sticking to it (laughs) it was awful though they used plunge baths and shock treatments blistering salves 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 yeah um at times they would use an electric shock machine and scarificators that's how I'm going to go with, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but. Scarificator. So what is that? Scarificator or scarificator. So it's a um, small square metal device that has blades that they would use to cut you and make you bleed. Okay. Okay. So my husband and I, and have, I have talked about this before because he said that his grandmother actually had one of these in like, she kept them in her desk drawer and it was just like an antique and stuff, but he used to play with one of those when he was a kid. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And he, and I know that I have seen one at some point in my life and I wasn't sure if it was something that like my grandparents had one too, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And it was like a little, little box and it had all the blades and it just, ching, they just pop out and they, they cause you to bleed. Oh, it's to, to let you yeah. bleed. Yeah. I have seen one of those too. Yeah. And when I looked it up, the, it looks so familiar, but I can't yeah. place where I've ever seen one at or what I, you know. <laughs> Like, did well, they do that? Why back I would have seen one. They're still floating around. Like, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. The 1990s were crazy, too. But so. yeah, they thought like bloodletting would cure you, you know? Weird. Maybe again, sledding the demons out? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so it was believed that the shock treatments and all of these would, quote, snap the person out of their lunacy. Just. Mm. And you know that they weren't just, like, experimenting with one thing at a time. You know that they were, like, doing rounds of all of these treatments. Oh, yeah. All the different ones. So, oh, man. I mean, it's just, to me, it's so barbaric. Yeah. Well, they just, what, they stopped lobotomies, what, maybe 100 years ago? Was it even that? I didn't know. It may not even been that long. I don't know. Maybe, maybe like, the 40s? Because, um, who who was it? It was the, one of the Kennedys' um, sister's. Was lobotomized, right? And that would have been in the The 40s-ish, something like that. Wow, I didn't realize that. Google. Googly. Google. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And I think that it was like, she was just kind of out of control too, but it was a failed lobotomy. And she... Well, it was like, she was like worse after the lobotomy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I imagine, Mm -hmm. yeah. But she lived old in age. But she she was just, I think that they described her as just very spirited before that. And so they thought she needed to be lobotomized and how great it would be. And then, yeah. Because she was a free spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, you know, not okay, apparently. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty recently, you know, within the past, like, 60 years, I guess I would say. 70. Google it. 1967. Whoa. Wow. There was one performed. Okay. Wow. So. Wow. My mom was alive. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Rosemary Kennedy was her name. And in 1941 is supposedly when she had her lobotomy done. Wow. Yeah. 
All right, well, <laughs> all right. you learn something new every day. <laughs> so uh, between 1773 and 1790, about 20% of the inmates were discharged as cured. Okay. So supposedly all of these shock treatments and these horrible things they were doing to them cured them of their lunacy. Sure. Yeah. You've just taken a bunch of people that have been tortured for who knows how long and have released them into public and because that seems like a good go, idea. Go free. Yeah. It's a good business plan though. You got to have turnover <laughs> there for you know for the funding to keep the coming funding. In. That's what yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. Like, yeah, everything that we're doing here is great. It's yeah, working. We and just released thirty yesterday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. geez, mm-hmm. we're doing great. Send <laughs> more people to us. Good. Yeah. In 1790, 10-foot high fences were added to provide exercise yards for both sexes, and staircases were built at the ends of each hall. In 1799, two dungeon-like cells were dug under the first floor of the hospital for reception of patients who may be in a state of raving frenzy what? <laughs> i mean it's crazy let's just dig a bunch of you know dungeons or dig two dungeons and mm-hmm. throw them in there that seems like the right thing to do yeah mm. Mm. so this was mm-hmm. like their their patient intake process is what you're saying pretty like, much wow yeah so this, basically this is like a recipe for a very bad haunting <laughs> <laughs> Um, And then basically the asylum existed to shun the mentally unfit population from the rest of society. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By the mid-19th century, uh, conditions did start to improve and the treatment of mental disorder began to change. So, you know, we've got science coming in and we're learning more. Maybe it's not not great to, like, waterboard everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Electrocute them. and Yeah. Right. Maybe that's not the best. (laughs) Let's figure out some better ways to do this. Mm -hmm. So by 1836, restraint had been replaced by what was called moral management, an approach that emphasized kindness, firm but gentle encouragement to self-control, work therapy, and leisure activity. Okay. Sounding so better. Started, yeah. It's sounding less and less like House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> <laughs> True. Cells were then furnished with beds, writing desks, and other comforts, and patients were allowed to visit town during the day. Oh, Things were getting better. Yeah, that's, that's I, a big improvement. I keep thinking about the people who have already been in there for a while, though, and then they start making these changes, and it's like too little too late for the people that have been suffering, mm-hmm. you know? I'm, I'm glad that things are improving, but those poor people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my thinking is, and I couldn't find anything on this, but I, because I'm sure they didn't document, I wonder how many people actually died right. there yes. from these shock treatments and mm-hmm. these horrible, you know, electric, basically electric treatments. No, they were cured. Yeah, we released them <laughs> yesterday. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. So with the improvements, the population grew and... So did its facilities. They started adding more buildings, taking in more patients. A female ward was added in 1821, and then a third story was raised in 1841. Wow. Mm, Okay. One of the most notable and famous physicians uh, that they used, and they had like on-call or on-site physicians Mm -hmm. um, that would just oversee the, the medical parts or the medical procedures procedures yeah. stuff yeah his name was dr john galt the second he became superintendent at eastern state hospital in 1841 
he was really more compassionate and he was really deeply committed to actually giving the hospital professional mode of operations, a new spirit, and really improving its image and improving the, the duties and the, the care of the patients. Yeah, okay. Um, so he really had a great passion in caring for the mentally ill and often fed them at his own table. Hmm. Um, oh. He even um, refused his own raises sometimes so that he could put that money back towards the patient's oh, care. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's a that's a genuine person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I believe he really helped in making it a better place. Yeah. However, the good days didn't last for long. Uh-oh. Of course not. So the asylum was devastated by the Civil War in 1862. Oh, yeah. Okay. I keep forgetting that this was all before. (laughs) Right. Okay. It all comes back to the Civil War in our our stories, it seems. Well, you're in the South. That's true. (laughs) Um, So during this time, the Union Army assumed control of this the facility and um, you don't want that no. <laughs> i'm just gonna let you know no. you don't want that <laughs> so of course they didn't you know take care of the patients they were neglecting them neglecting the building you yeah. know wasn't taking care of anything i'm surprised they didn't just kill them oh yeah me too honestly like, too much trouble we need the space y'all get yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah dr galt was deeply disheartened by the poor treatment of his patients and fell into a state of depression oh yeah, because it's something like he worked so hard yeah. to get it up to good mm-hmm. conditions, mm-hmm. and then and the Yankees heart, came in. And his heart was in it so much. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't just a job. He cared. He yeah. did. He really cared and, you know, wanted just the best yeah. for the patients. So because of his depression, he went to his home, which stood on the grounds of the hospital. I don't like where this is going. Mm-mm. And overdosed on laudanum, which is an opium said to contain almost all of the opium alkaloids. Such as morphine, codeine, and more. Wow. Woo. Yeah. So. I bet he's feeling pretty good for a second. Yeah. For just a second. Because then the blood vessels in his head burst. (gasps) What? Whoa. I don't like that. So, um, he was found lying in a pool of his own blood. Oh my God. Man. Evidently, medications back then were, um, nothing to mind went blank. (laughs) Wow. You don't play with them. Very potent. Yes. Very, Mm -hmm. very potent. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's not not good. I wonder Mm -hmm. if they still have that around these days. Maybe it's called something else. So the hospital buildings and practices continued to decline after the Civil War. Uh, Stucco was falling off the walls. The gas generator that supplied fuel for the illumination gave out. And there were just complaints of staff incompetence and drunkenness. Mm probably the gas leak on june 7th 1885 an electrical fire that took place burned the entire asylum to the ground oh wow okay yeah good riddance (laughs) (laughs) two female patients are thought to have died in the fire and then a third who wandered away um, or escaped Mm -hmm. was discovered dead a short distance away oh probably smoke inhalation or something i would assume bummer yeah uh, the remaining walls were pushed down and the cellar was filled the cellar being the dungeon the dungeon the yeah dungeons. um mm-hmm. was filled with rubble and a new structure was built right beside it Ugh. so the hospital was renamed then eastern state hospital you know still the, like the a big... mental hospital mm-hmm. or oh, okay. it is and uh stood on that site for almost 75 years wow. so that it was still mental facility um just didn't have the big long name (laughs) that we had before they learned yeah (laughs) so eastern state hospital was then relocated to a new pro 
property provided by John D. Rockefeller Jr. outside of Williamsburg in 1960. Nice. Okay. And it actually still remains an active psychiatric facility. Okay. So, so it's, but it's in a different location. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's still going. Okay. The mm-hmm. actual, the hospital is in a new location, but still open and providing services. Services. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, so the current psychiatric hospital currently has over 300 beds and 900 staff members oh, as wow. of last recording. That's a much better ratio yeah. Yeah. of staff to patients. Yeah. Right. In 1972, archaeologists uncovered and evacuated the original hospital's foundations. Mm-mm. So the one that, Mm-mm. you know, beside... Mm. That burned. <laughs> the one that burned, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and found that it was still filled with ashes and debris from the Great Fire of 1885. Wow. Let's just cover it up. Mm-hmm. And then Colonial Williamsburg Foundation decided to reconstruct the hospital on the grounds of the original site um, as a museum. Okay. Um, so that's a good idea. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they don't ever listen to <laughs> ghost stories, do they? They don't. They don't believe. <laughs> no, you just, you know. You just step away. You just mm-hmm. you just let the grass grow, man. Yeah. Let the grass grow. Leave so it. sorry. We'll we'll go somewhere else now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on June eighth of nineteen eighty five, the public hospital of seventeen seventy three, which is the name of the museum, huh? opened with six patient exhibition cells on the first floor of the East Wing and staff offices on the second story. The building also houses two art museums as well. So the DeWitt Wallace Decorative Arts Museum and Abby Aldrich Rockefeller Folk mm. Art Museum. So this one big building that's built on the original site mm-hmm. of the first hospital is a few museums. They all kind of yeah. house together. Did they try to like replicate what the original building looked like or anything? They did. Um, mm-hmm. So the very original one, they tried to replicate the building itself as much as possible. Okay. okay. Um, and I'm guessing because there are only six exhibition cells, um, mm-hmm. they had, you know, more room. So they housed these other museums in there as well. Right. Okay. I don't like it, but okay. I don't either. <laughs> <clears throat> With that, now the museum is haunted. Of supposedly. course it is. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> imagine that the whole property is haunted yeah just like the whole grounds well it's like we discussed you know surely there were some mishap in this mishaps in the 1700s where people did not survive those electric shock treatments right waterboarding well we released them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're cured yeah yeah and i can't imagine how many undocumented oh yeah deaths and stuff there were mm-hmm. there's no telling and the people that of course that were probably just dropped there and the families never stayed in touch or kept yeah, came back yeah, or never anything visited. like that mm. anyway depressing mm-hmm. very much so dr galt is said to still roam the grounds um, which one spirit. was he he's the one that with the uh lauder lauder drum the laudanum laudanum yeah okay yeah the so, one that tried to make it really nice yeah. and it got so sad yeah the physician okay. that became depressed after you know it, the union army took over so he said to still roam the grounds at the hospital at night and in search of his patients oh he's still distraught and wants to you know take care of his patients mm. it's sad it's it's like bittersweet the yeah. kind of ghost that you would want to have around, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're going to have one. A doctor would be. Yeah. 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 
a, a nice, caring doctor mm-hmm. yeah. at that. Yeah. There's been reports of visitors at the museum hearing muffled voices and knocking on walls, mm-hmm. um, usually in the evenings or on weekends. Um, once a maintenance worker claimed to have seen the shadow of a wheelchair Ooh. Um, just kind of rolling down the hall. But there was okay. no wheelchair. But no wheelchair. No wheelchair. No. Pretty specific. The shadow yeah. of a wheelchair. Yeah, well, it, it's very distinctive, you yeah. know. So. I mean, it was, I'm sure they had wheelchairs and they, you know, sure. patients in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe Dr. Galt was taking a patient to the other Stop room or something. It. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking you're probably, like, making these people incapacitated when you're experimenting oh on gosh, them. Oh, yeah, sure. So they're not going to be able to walk away from no, that. So, not at all. Yeah. Just horrible, horrible visions. Mm-hmm. I did watch a video on YouTube. Lisa's favorite. My mm-hmm. favorite. I love the YouTube <laughs> You, you people out there that put those ghost videos up, <laughs> I watch up. I, yeah. I watch them all the time. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> um, so this group went in and, of course, videoed it. They caught what sounded like some banging on the walls and on the pipes as well. Um, they couldn't find any kind of source or where it would be coming from. They were the only ones in the building at night. And they said that they could hear someone yelling, mm-hmm. but they didn't catch that on the video or on audio. Yeah. But they could hear it. But they could mm-hmm. hear it, yeah. You can s- distinctly hear them say, "What? who was that yelling? You know, yeah. and the reaction. They couldn't find it. Right, yeah. yeah. And they couldn't find anything. No one else was in the building Wow. with them. So, if you get a chance to go visit the public hospital of 1773, the museum, keep an eye out. Keep your ears open. You just might hear or see Dr. Galt looking for his patients. Mm. Do we have a photo of Dr. Galt? Um, There is a photo online, but I did not print it out. So maybe we can post that. And um, I just want to see who this guy, you know, in case I go there and I run into him, I have to know if it's him. Mm -hmm. And not some imposter doctor. Right. (laughs) Maybe one of the other horrible doctors. What was his first name? Was it William? Robert? Jesse. (laughs) <laughs> start naming names john john galt john galt Boom. okay i got it on a third try Dr. john we'll have to look up his picture see what he looked like minson galt the second fancy very interesting middle name minson minson m-i-n-s-o-n that's him so okay. he looked pretty young he did look young uh he kind of looks like the penguin before he <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> he, I does. See that. he does. He does. <laughs> a little Danny DeVito ish going on there. A little sunny. If y'all look it up, maybe you'll see what we're talking about. We'll post it. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll be sure to put the penguin in the comments so you know. We'll post a side by side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who wore it best? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the hospital, because what do you all think about the theory that people that may be a little bit more emotionally unstable or more susceptible to spirits attaching themselves to them or demons coming and latching onto them? Well, I think we've kind of touched on this before. I mean, I believe that, you know, we all have different chemicals in our brains and we all have different things that are firing off in there and I think Mm -hmm. people are more open there are certain people more open because they have the ability to be you know I I Mm -hmm. unfortunately don't think I'm one of those people you Mm -hmm. know I don't but everywhere Nikki goes 
Jeez, can't go anywhere without her hearing <laughs> something or something right. happening to her or something malfunctioning or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, but. Maybe I'm crazy and need to be in yeah. a mental asylum. <laughs> Sounds like it. Sounds like you need to be there. But yeah, I I fully, uh, yeah, totally. Because mm-hmm. like I said, there's, you know. Yeah, I agree. I think it's completely possible. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you hear that about kids too. And I wonder if it's because of that, I don't know. You're kind of building your reality, like mm-hmm. what's real and what's not real mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so I, I wonder if this place may be hyper haunted due to that, because just like the energy that it was putting off and yeah. the type of people that were there and people that came that were probably legitimately having some issues that needed to be sorted out, not in the way that it was, but, right. um, and then people that were probably driven to insanity right oh i'm sure you know there were probably completely sane people that were thrown in this place and then because of these treatments and being treated so horribly probably did drive them to insanity yeah you know it reminds me of that futurama episode (laughs) (laughs) okay and um insane in the mainframe is what it's called insane in the mainframe yeah so if you want so if you want to know for your other futurama lovers out there (laughs) You know, they, they put Fry, who's the human, in a um, mental institution for robots. Hmm. So the entire time he's there, he's trying to convince everybody that he's a human. And uh, by the time he comes out of it, he's convinced that he's a robot. Oh, wow. Oh. And so, anyway. It's wow. just kind of it's kind of one of those things. Yeah, if, if you yeah. go in completely sane and you're trying to convince everybody that you're, you're sane, but they're telling you no, you're not. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Then by the time you come out of it, after years and years of whatever, you start thinking maybe I'm the crazy well, one. Maybe I am crazy. Yeah. You know. So. Mm. Yeah, and you're not in a normal society to you know be able to socialize normally. Mm-hmm. Um, probably being pumped with all kinds of drugs. Yeah. Like insane drugs. Yeah, and that's gonna mess with your chemicals in your brain anyway. So you could, they could just mess a bunch of stuff up there. You know. Right. I mean? So. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it's possible. That's deep. That's sad. It is. You know. Well, I mean, you're taking advantage of, of people that can't defend themselves. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And some people, like you said, that are perfectly fine, but, you know, she won't do the dishes. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> or it could be like a substance thing, too. Yeah. Somebody that may be just, you know, suffering from, like, drunkenness or something. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And we think, oh, well, let's just put them in this place. Mm-hmm. Well, that was good. Well, I hope you liked it. <laughs> yeah. Well, depressing. All right. Yeah, it is depressing. Yeah. But, um, you know, things were different back then, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's why we learn from our history. It's the that's depressing right. things like that that make these haunts happen, though. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not often that you get, like, a happy haunt. Like, I just loved my summer home so much <laughs> that I just never wanted to leave. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Robin, I think you have our next story, our C-rated haunt. I do. I'm ready for it. This one is kind of different because it's the first one that we've done where it's not necessarily about a place, but more so about an item. Oh, I don't think we have done an item yet. We mm-hmm. have not. Hmm. I'm 
excited. I even looked to see if there was anything else that I could see about the, the place that this item lives to see if there's any like apparitions or, you know, other kinds of like hauntings and stuff, but I couldn't find anything. Not that it doesn't exist, but this is all kind of centered around a thing. So let's dive in. I'm right. excited. <laughs> all right. I will call this one the Martha Hill Gifford Portrait of Shirley Plantation, also known as Aunt Pratt. Aunt <laughs> <laughs> They liked that. <laughs> Aunt Pratt. Aunt Pratt. Yes. <clears throat> Here's a little backstory. We're talking about the Shirley Plantation. This is in, in Virginia. It's actually in a place called Charles City, Virginia. So the woman that we're talking about, Martha Hill, was the daughter of Edward Hill II, who built this great house that was located on the north bank of the James River in Charles City, Virginia. And he built this in 1723, and it's now called the Shirley Plantation. So Charles City is southeast of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, the estate is currently lived in and actively managed by direct descendants of the original builders. Oh, yeah. that's really neat really cool that that doesn't happen often no. usually it's sold it's, it's like past 200 you know. years oh yeah. yeah more than that it's like 300 300 i'll get there <laughs> i do math <laughs> words and math are hard yeah <laughs> so right now they uh, operate it as it's a museum and you can actually book guided tours or even rent it out for private events hmm. Edward Hill I established a farm on the banks of the James River in 1638, and then the land was passed to his son around 1676, which was Edward Hill II, and he was the owner until he passed it uh, to his son, and guess what his name was? Edward Hill III. <laughs> See right. pattern here. <laughs> so that was around 1700. Well, Edward Hill III would have passed it to his son, named the Fourth. Surprise. Mm -hmm. But he died of consumption at the age of 16. Oh, so. that's young. Yeah. Uh, consu alcohol? Consumption? Uh, like what? That's what I would think, yeah. No, no? consumption Al is something else. Tuberculosis. Oh. Yeah. Same. I was thinking the same. You were. I know. I was like, ah. He started young. <laughs> <laughs> so the property reverted, now that they didn't have any male heirs, uh, it reverted back to Edward III's youngest daughter, Elizabeth. And the construction of the house finally began in 1723. And the completed construction was in 1738. So wow. it took 15 years for them to build this great house. Wow. And so the house still contains original family furnishings, paintings, silver, and wood carvings after being passed 11 generations. Oh, wow. That's Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I saw pictures. There's ob obviously, you can find pictures of anything. And it's really cool, really pretty. It's brick. It's got all of these dormer windows um, up at the top. And it's just really neat. And it's right on the bank of the river, too. So the plantation was added to the National Register in 1969 and declared a National Historic Landmark in 1970. Oh. It is the oldest family-owned working plantation in Virginia. Wow. Yeah. 
It also has a willow oak tree right beside it that is over 350 years old. Wow. Yeah, there's pictures of that online too. It's very impressive. And my husband and I have actually been to Salem, Massachusetts, and we saw this tree there that was planted in 1776. So kind of, you know, old. (laughs) And it was like so big around and it's nothing compared to the pictures that I saw of this tree. I mean, this tree is, is absolutely massive. And so it's a, it's a willow oak tree and it was established, um, probably estimated to have been planted in 1669. So that would have made it even like 110 years older than the tree that like my husband and I saw back in Salem. So it's got to look, we'll, we'll probably put a picture of that on there too as well, since it's (laughs) right, it's right there beside it. So let's, let's get to the, the thing. Okay. The item in the house. (laughs) I'm ready. Martha Hill was one of the daughters of one of the Edward Hills. Uh, This is the honorable mention hot, so just pick one. I don't know which Edward Hill. (laughs) is either one, two, or three. (laughs) Just Edward Hill. I I had conflicting sources. Some of them said it was Edward Hill II. Some of them said Edward Hill III, so you decide. Martha was raised at Shirley Plantation, and then she went to England to study abroad. Oh. Yes. Fancy. But she left behind an unsigned portrait of herself for her family. And the portrait hung in her old bedroom on the second floor, and she eventually married a, a nice Englishman, and she lived out the rest of her life in England until she passed away in 1752. Well, the portrait was always referred to as Aunt Pratt. (laughs) But no one knows where the Pratt came from because her maiden name was Hill and she married a Gifford. So I don't know why, but it just stuck. Well, some years later, in 1858, this was long after she had passed because this was uh, 106 years later, to be precise, uh, someone must have finally thought that it was time to redecorate. And they decided to move Martha's portrait to the third floor bedroom. So they moved it out of her original bedroom. Her original bedroom that it had been hanging in for over a hundred years. And that was on the second floor. And they decided, let's just move this thing up to the third floor. So that's when things start to get interesting. After it was moved, like clockwork each night, the portrait began rocking and banging against the wall and vibrating violently what yes it created such a commotion that they stored it in the attic but that actually intensified the turbulence you you put me all the way up here (laughs) oh now you're in for it didn't like being moved the first time let's move it again started on the second floor then went up to the third floor Now I'm in the attic. I don't like this. Mm -mm. (laughs) Knocking would be heard through the house, and it began to get quite a reputation for being, as they called it, a boisterous painting. But no, that's that's nuts. (laughs) Um, So by that time, the Civil War had begun, and ta-da, you know, we're back at the Civil War again. So being that the house was right there on the river, it was going through some stuff. You know, the same perils that we talked about in past episodes of McIntyre House. And you're just, like, right there. Mm-hmm. Even the, the Hagee's place, it was right there by the river. Mm-hmm. So you were kind of in, in the thick of it. So, of course, the house was seized. Yeah. 
And needless to say, um, they were too distracted by the activity that was going on outside of the house that they didn't notice the activity in the attic. So we, we got oh. bigger things to worry about, Aunt Pratt. You can like <laughs> rock and roll up there in the attic all you want, but we got we got shooting going on out here. <laughs> there wasn't much documentation of things going on while the Civil War was happening. But after the war ended, they decided that they were going to take the portrait and hang it on the first floor. Like a very honorable thing to do, you know? It was it was a good location. You get, get first floor right there in the foyer. Oh, they even better than the second <laughs> yeah, floor, right? <laughs> they thought you know it was it was gonna be happy there. They thought, but <laughs> it still shook and it rocked and it banged against the wall and it was never happy unless it was back in its second floor bedroom. Oh wow! Huh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In 1974, so this is quite a jump now, mm-hmm. Rockefeller Center was hosting a paranormal phenomena exhibit. Ooh. Yeah, I've never heard of this, but Me now either. I, I want to, like, we'll, we'll dig into it more. What else was there? And so the Virginia Tourist Office loaned the painting for display. And once it was placed in the display window, the picture began to rock so vigorously that the seal of Virginia, which was placed beside it, began to swing from side to side in front of visitors. Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm hmm. It wasn't shy. (laughs) (laughs) So spectators saw it moving constantly and it was creating such a sensation. It swayed back and forth so vigorously that even other exhibits there were vibrating. Mm. So, one day, an NBC TV reporter on his way to lunch stopped by to see what, like, all the hysteria was about, and he called it rocking on tape. And I tried for the life of me to find this, but I couldn't find it anywhere on the interwebs. (laughs) Somebody who's got a copy of that, upload it. NBC, help us. It was documented on a national news broadcast, and it caused such a disturbance that it was removed from the exhibit and crated up. Um, but Indiana you, Jones style. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just imagine it like being put in like this big wooden crate and like hammered mm-hmm, down and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But uh, do you guys think that that stopped Martha? Aunt Pratt? Of course not. Well, she's Aunt Pratt. Aunt Pratt! <laughs> <laughs> So, here's what is said to have happened. Dozens of office workers near the storeroom, which the painting was locked away, heard incessant knocking sounds coming from the room. And the night shift even reported hearing crying and rocking in the storage room. One morning, officials went to retrieve the painting, and it was actually found on the floor Outside of its storage locker. Uh, Out of the crate. It's, yes, outside of the crate that it had been placed in for storage. And its frame was damaged so badly that it was sent for repair. She's doing it to herself. Some thought that she was making a break for the exit. (laughs) (laughs) Zing. (laughs) But I'm Yeah. So it was actually for repairs, you know, for the frame. It was sent to Virginia. And it was sent to this place called Linden Galleries in Richmond, Virginia. And it was um, there to help repair the damage that she had done to herself to the frame. Uh, While there, the workers would tell of bells ringing. And though there were no bells on the property, uh, you know, they would hear these bells and reportedly eerie vibrations. 
So. The Bells is new, though. Yeah, that that's something that they had never specified before. And maybe it was a, a happy thing. Maybe the Bells were good because mm-hmm. she was back in Virginia. She's yeah. close to home, you know? Finally, with a repaired frame, Aunt Pratt's portrait was returned to Shirley Plantation, where it hangs peacefully above a mahogany chest in Martha's old second bedroom, where it originally hung. Tour guides have been known to tell visitors not to block Aunt Pratt's view of the outdoors. So, like, don't stand between her and her window. And once or twice, her gaze has been seen to be fixed peering out the window. What? Is it... (laughs) (laughs) Is it normally? No. No. As in, she's usually looking somewhere else, but then, like, a few times they've seen, like, her eyes have been facing a different direction. Her eyes have moved. Yeah, I don't don't like, like that. <laughs> so this this whole thing it sounds like such an urban legend, but it has had it like not been for the exhibit in New York where all the patrons witnessed this thing violently shaking, and then the reporter documenting it and it being broadcasted. Um, I'm biting. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I believe there's yeah. something to it. Yeah. So, we'll add it to the list. We can all go to Shirley Plantation in Charles City, Virginia and see this portrait in person. Uh, I'm not moving it, though. She can, <laughs> she can, she can We'll stay. have Nikki stand in front of her view. See <laughs> what happens. Because, <laughs> you know, me and Robin aren't going to do it. No. So, I may have missed it, but the if you stand in front of it, what mm-hmm. happens? It just shakes violently again? Or? It was constant. Like any, as soon as it was moved from its original place, which was Martha's old bedroom on the second floor, Mm -hmm. when they moved it to the third floor, that's when it started rocking and shaking and knocking on the wall. And until they moved it back to the spot that it was, then it it kept doing that constantly. So if you, like, because I don't want to get like pushed out of a window if I'm standing in front of (laughs) If we put you in front of the window, (laughs) you don't want to. Yeah. What happens if you block her view of the window? I, I don't know. I she think it's just... straight to being pushed out the window. Like, I'm going to do it, you guys. But I need to know what's going to happen. I don't know. I think it's just courtesy. You know, oh, just, okay. if she's gone through the trouble to look out the window, don't don't block her view. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was no record of like, and then we never heard of that person again. <laughs> oh, that's great. I don't know what I would do. Like, I wouldn't even want to dust it. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess I mean, if it was my, if it was my aunt Pratt, if it was your aunt Pratt, <laughs> I would dust it. Mm, I don't know. We used to have a portrait. Which was a question that I was going to ask you guys. If I, w- I wonder if y'all ever had like any portraits where it looked like the eyes followed you wherever you moved in the room. Yeah. No. Yes. No, <laughs> Nikki's haven't. shaking her head. No. Lisa's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, doesn't every child have one of those? In yeah. I mean, ours was. Um, it would have been. Um, her name was Annie Burke, and it was a portrait of like the person who came over from Ireland. And it hung in our house. And it was this was on my mother's side. So I know, Mom, you know exactly which portrait I'm talking about. And this was a portrait that scared me my entire childhood. No. <laughs> but it was that, that situation where you felt like her eyes just followed you anywhere you moved. It's so, just, this was like your grandmother? Like no, this would have been like two or three times great, I'd say. Okay. Up wow. there. 
But yeah, we've got a portrait you of her. still have it? Yeah, we still have it. Yeah. It's hanging in my mom's house now. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to go check that okay. out. Okay, yeah. Go over it's it's like in an oval frame. It's like a charcoal portrait. It's old and it's kind of creepy. But the weird thing is, is that it, it kind of like favors my mom. Like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. That so. would be creepy. So like, do you... Is it like they just fall like wherever you stand in the room? Yeah, like if, it feels like it follows mm-hmm. you, or like you you're standing, or you're, <laughs> or you're sitting still looking at it, and the eyes move. No, no, it's not okay. like you ever saw the eyes move, but yeah. that I remember. It's kind of okay. like the the Mona Lisa, like wherever you stand, mm-hmm. it kind of looks just like it's that perspective at you. that yeah. it's it's. I don't know. No, I had one of those. Yeah. yeah. What was yours? Uh, it was a painting of the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a painting of the beat. I mean, it was like acrylic or something like that, mm-hmm. probably from the '60s. I got it at a yard sale for a dollar. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was awesome. I still have it. Okay, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, it was the Rubber Soul album. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. and uh, John Lennon's eyes, wherever you moved in the room, mm. like w- was looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember you having that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It didn't freak me out or nothing. No. Mm-mm. It was pretty good, pretty good amateur painting too. You know, yeah. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, whoever did it. I mean, wherever I'm standing in the room, his eyes are looking. At me, so, yeah. <laughs> That's talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a yard sale. Yeah, yeah, when I was like eight, eight years old or something like that. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. I remember it hanging in your bedroom. Yeah, I had for a long kids. time. Yeah, it's like I said, I still have it. I, now I'm wondering where the hell did I put that? Mm. <laughs> maybe just like Aunt Pratt. Maybe it just like off and went. It made yeah. a break for it. <laughs> Made a break for it, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have any recollection of having any any portrait like that. No spooky pictures. Or... I mean, I've got, I don't have any paintings of like old relatives or anything. I mean, I've got old pictures. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. none of them freak me out. I tried looking to see if I could find video footage of this thing, but I couldn't. So NBC, please, if you're listening. <laughs> I know that there's somebody at NBC listening to this right now. Of course, yeah. So find that footage of that reporter. Do we have the reporter's name? No, no. But there were multiple sources uh, when I was researching this saying that it was documented on NBC. Mm. They broadcast. I'm glad to see that. Yeah. What an interesting thing that they did back in the 70s, though, at the Rockefeller Center. They had a paranormal exhibit. Yeah. You know, I wonder what other things were in there. Maybe like the Annabelle doll, the Dibbit box. <gasps> mm. <laughs> Robert. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Well, so that's, that's yeah. Aunt Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like old Aunt Pratt. Mm-hmm. That's that was a good story. It I was. wonder if you do a tour of the place if they take you up to the second floor so you could see the picture. There well, there are the, well, we do have pictures said, online. I thought you said that Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. That's your right. story, Robin. Weren't you <laughs> listening when you story <laughs> when you were telling us? <laughs> <laughs> And, well, I was going to ask, like, there were no other items in the house that were haunted. It was just the one painting. Right. Because I looked to see if there was anything else. Maybe they saw shadows or apparitions or anything. But, mm -mm, no. But they do have a bunch of original furniture from the family. Right. And And that's one of them. That was her picture. It just happened to be that's the only thing that is haunted. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And I think she actually lived into her old age, so it's kind of weird that, you know, it's not like she died tragically. That I know of. Mm-hmm. You know. Hmm. Lived out her days in England. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With well, her man. Uh, yeah, like overseas, too. Yeah. But she left it behind so her family could remember her. Maybe it's her mother. <gasps> like, 
that's my daughter's picture. Oh. You're not going to move that. Oh. Interesting. interesting perspective yeah yeah always thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right well um i'm excited to hear lisa's story yeah i got the friend's story this time all right after begging over the last episode for somebody to send in a story yeah <laughs> i had a friend of mine who i haven't talked to in like 10 years who's really? been listening to the show and loves it that's cool and yeah. um she she messaged me and she was like, hey, I, I got a story for you, you know, if you're interested. And I was immediately like, yes, of, of course. course I am. <laughs> so I called her up and we had a good chat. Mm-hmm. And uh, she proceeded to tell me this story. So we're going to be talking about my friend Kim and her childhood home. This house was built in 1965. Uh, she moved in with her and, her and her parents when she was about six years old. So it would have been about 1989. Mm-hmm. A house, in, you said like 65? That's yeah. not even that old. No, no. no. Mm-hmm. It was built in 1965 and they moved in in 1989. Okay. And she said she was about six and grew up there with uh, her and her sister. And they actually just sold the house about three or four years ago. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they owned it for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. So she was telling me about two ghosts that she saw while she lived there. Ooh. Okay. Okay, so she said she was about 12 years old when she when she remembers seeing a ghost. And the first ghost that she saw was uh, an apparition of a little girl who was about six to seven years old. She said she would see her um, outside the house, mainly in the backyard, playing and stuff like mm. that. And I asked her, I said, well, you know, what did she look like? Like, what, did she look like a person? Did she, you know, what, what did she look like? And she said she was very translucent, so it was really hard to make out details of what she looked like and what she was wearing. But she did say she was wearing, like, a poofy dress and Mm -hmm. with a bonnet. Oh. And, like, that's the only thing that she can really remember that she could make out that she just thought was strange at 12 years old. So she said sometimes she would see the little girl playing outside and that she would be inside the house, like, looking out of her window. And I asked her, I said, did it seem like the little girl knew you were there? Mm -hmm. Or was she just kind of, like, doing her own thing or whatever like that? And she said that it didn't seem like she really noticed anything around her, that she was just, what do they call that? A Like a residual? Yeah, like a residual. Mm -hmm. Going through the motions, like, this is what I was just like, Just playing out in the backyard Mm -hmm. of her house. So So that didn't really startle her too much because it was... It was outside, but um, uh. the second ghost is a little more intense, and she's still 12 years old at this time. When, okay. So if you think back to when you're 12, like, I don't know, I was scared of everything when yeah. I was 12, you know? Oh, yeah. So, um, especially, you know, ghosts, but whatever. I still put the lights on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, scared of the dark, you yeah. know? So this other ghost that she happened to see, she was laying in bed one night, and the door to her room was cracked to where she could kind of see this staircase and, like, the landing outside. Yeah. She said she was laying there and she could see somebody coming up the stairs and standing there on the landing. Mm-hmm. So she said she just kind of closed her eyes and was hoping like her eyes were playing tricks on her. Mm-hmm. And when she opened them, the boy was in her face. <gasps> oh, no. No, no, no. Oh, my gosh. No. And oh, that honestly, that's one of my worst fears <laughs> in seeing a ghost like i'm okay if they you know are there but if i close my eyes and all of a sudden they're closer mm. yeah 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 no. that got me i was i think i sucked all the air the, out of the room when she told me that yeah but she said it was a boy it was he was around the age of 12 to 14 
and he was a lot easier to see. He wasn't translucent Ooh, like the okay. little girl that plays in the backyard. Um, she said he had short brown hair and he was wearing brown pants that looked like leather and like a white linen-y type shirt. Mm. Um, she said the pants really stuck out to her because she had never seen any pants like that before on anybody. So after she sees said ghost in her face, mm-hmm. she immediately does what when you're 12? Right. Put the covers over your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she in bed? I would yeah, be paralyzed. She was in bed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She was in bed. So she puts the covers over her face and then eventually just kind of fell asleep. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> He's, and I asked her, I said, well, did, did you feel anything? Was he like trying to pull the covers off <gasps> you or anything like that? She said, no, she never felt anything that she just figured he went away. Yeah. She said he didn't, she didn't feel like he was trying to hurt her more so that he was just curious. Yeah. Like just, you know, and was aware that she was there. It wasn't like a residual haunt, obviously, mm. but right. he was just very curious and like, what are you, what are you doing? He just mm. wanted a friend. Yep. <laughs> this one is like, every once in a while, if I see something on TV or if I like hear a story or something, sometimes it'll make my eyes water. And it's not like I'm sad or anything, but it like makes me have a physical response. And this story is doing that to me. So I'm like, eh. <laughs> I don't Robin's know what it is. In tears. It's <laughs> kind of like when I saw the picture from the Redmont, I was like, I don't want to know. Oh. Yeah. So I asked her, I said, well, did you, did you uh, tell your parents or anything yeah. like that? Like, did you run downstairs, tell the parents or anything? She said, no, I never, never told anybody about it, you know? And, I was like, okay. There was a boy in your room? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, she went on, grew up, and moved out of the house and, and all that. I think that only happened once. I should have asked her. Yeah, I think I did ask her um, that it only happened that one time with him mm-hmm. actually coming up the stairs. But she did say that she had seen him outside, even with the little girl oh. that she would see. Yeah. But that that was the only time that that had happened. And the little girl never came inside. She was just I always don't outside. I believe so. I yeah. don't believe she did come inside. I don't think that she did. It's thundering outside. I, it yes. always rains and thunders <laughs> when we get together. I don't understand it. So you think the story ends there? No. no. I was hoping no. it would. <laughs> I was hoping it so would. So like I said, you know, she grew up, moved out of the house, you know, went off to college and all that. Well, her parents put the house up for sale about three to four years ago. Yeah. So her and her sister go and help them start packing up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So her and her sister were reminiscing, talking about the memories that they had there. And her sister happened to bring up the fact that she had seen a ghost. Oh. And Kim was like, wait a minute. I saw them too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had never discussed it before (gasps) in the entire time that they lived there. Yeah. They didn't bring it up to each other until about four years ago. She said that when her, uh, so Kim asked her about it and Mm -hmm. was like, well, what did you see? You know, and her sister said that she was actually about 12 years old. So the same age as Kim. When she saw it. When she saw it. And she was laying in bed and she felt like someone was watching her. So she opened the opened her eyes, and the boy ghost was in her face. Oh, my gosh. He has no chill. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So he was in her face. She immediately rolled over on her side and closed her eyes. When she opened her eyes, the boy was there and in her face again. Oh, my God. Like on the other side of the bed. On the other side. (gasps) So it was like she rolled over, and he was right there. Yeah. No. 
So, her and her sister had seen the same boy ghost at the same age, which I find... That's, yeah. You know, what are the odds of that, you know? Right. Do you know what the age difference between she and her sister are? <sighs> like, who turned Let's 12 see. first? I, she, uh, Kim is older. Okay. So, um, And then maybe a couple years later or something, Yeah, I want to say she's... Mm. Kim, you're going to hate me for this, because I did ask you this, but I didn't write it down. I want to say she's, like, five years younger. Oh, wow. Or That's something good, like that. Good so. age difference, yeah. Mm-hmm. She also said, when her and her sister were talking about it, that one night when Kim was staying at a friend's house, her sister happened to stay in Kim's room. Mm-hmm. And her sister was lying there in the bed, and she said, um, almost asleep, and she said, the door started shaking violently like somebody was trying to come in. Oh. So she... Was sitting there watching it and finally got the courage to get up and no. go to the door. No. no. <laughs> when she was reaching for the door handle, about to open the door, the shaking stopped. So she never opened the door. She just went back to bed. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. 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 Okay. I agree. Totally did the right thing there. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, I wouldn't right. have even gotten out of the bed, but. No. This is true. I think I would have went out the window. <laughs> Almost <laughs> positive that I would have. So. Uh, even though it was two stories, I'm I'm out the window somehow. <laughs> she also said that her sister um, had one of their cousins over one night, and um, they could see orbs flying through her window. Oh, wow. yeah, that's nothing. I've uh, ever... Kim said she never saw the orbs. She just tried to chalk it up to headlights and reflections and some and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But had the cousin not been there and witnessed it too, she was in, you know, yeah. believed it more. Oh, and yeah. the fact that you saw a ghost. Like yeah. in your face. Yeah. You know. I think he just wanted a friend. Yeah. <laughs> that That is got to be one of the most terrifying to me mm-hmm. to just have it right there in your face. And she, yeah. And she, uh, her and her sister, neither one had ever told their parents about the ghost that they saw there at the house. And her parents lived there for what, let's see, 89, 30 years. Yeah. Is that right. Yeah. And she said, like, they sold the house, and but it's apparently already back up for sale. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> is this local? It is local. All right. Yes, I need to know where it is so yeah. we don't buy it. <laughs> I yeah, we have somebody else looking for a house. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is just so lucrative. <laughs> So her did her parents ever see anything or experience anything? I don't think she ever talked about it with her parents. So if so they even, did, you know, and that's not something that you discuss with your children. That's yeah, no. that's what I was thinking. There's no way that I would so, tell that to my kids. Um, give them nightmares for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe the parents did see something, you know. I was just thinking when you were talking about like when you were 12 years old mm-hmm. and like you never, I don't remember what you said, but you know, you would have been terrified oh, yeah. at that age to say anything. Pretty sure I was like 12 or 13 when I was playing with Ouija boards and trying oh. to summon demons or ghosts, not demons. Uh. Um. <laughs> yeah, we dabbled in a little witchcraft there for a little while. So, yeah. We yeah. were, yeah. I guess we were about 13. Yeah. yeah. Something. Sitting in the, the living room. Yeah, with your grandmother's <laughs> candles. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that was, uh, I was not expecting that story when she uh, told me that. I was just like, what? What? I'm like, I would have flipped out. Flipped out. Yeah. I, so I, I, and you know, I tried to find, tried to look around for like an old map to see kind of what would have been there. Oh, yeah. You know, because Mm -hmm. of the clothing that she was talking about, but I couldn't really 
figure out where exactly the house is now versus like a map from Civil War era. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. So, but there were people around here during that time. And it's, and I was trying to see the distance between here and the McIntyre house or hmm. the distance between there and the McIntyre house to mm-hmm. see. I mean, it's not far, but yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just weird that there's just those two children. And then, yeah. I was, and then I remember yeah. you talking about the Austin Cemetery because it's kind of close to that as well. So I was trying to think, well, where were those houses that Robin was talking about Oh yeah, in that story? Mm-hmm. And then I, I was like, well, I can't find anything. So I don't know whose kids those are. Hmm. <sighs> well, yeah, and those pants kind of sound like, you know, those like thick kind of trouser pants that they probably would have worn in the turn of the century, you know? Yeah. Yeah, she said that's In the, a bonnet. The, yeah. That's yeah. pretty period. Yeah. And the and the puffy puffiness of the dress. She, yeah, she said the pants stood out the most. Which you know, at being twelve, you never see anybody wear anything like that. And they're right. coming up your right. stairs and just hanging out in the landing. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I would flip. I mean, I flip out now, and I'm yeah over yeah. thirty. I'm yeah. over thirty. <laughs> wow. Was he at least cute? You know, they were the same ah, age. I didn't ask that. Get you a little ghost boyfriend. <laughs> ghost boy <laughs> i don't know i should have asked hmm. i have known her for that long and never knew that about her and i was like wow i was not expecting that it's kind of like when that first time mickey told me about the civil war soldiers coming through <laughs> her house and i was like what but i told you that before we recorded the intro right Pretty yeah sure. probably when we were uh witches <laughs> when we were witches yeah i'm sure you told me that <laughs> We would My go to goodness. Books a Million and buy, like, spell books and Hang stuff. out in the New Age section. Yeah. What's <laughs> <laughs> my we horoscope were... say today? <laughs> we were that cool. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, you know, we hung out at a bookstore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's interesting that her sister kind of experienced the same thing. That's a far contrast to when I was talking to my sister, like, when the, when we talked about the intro episode of my little ghost experience, and she was like, what are you, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember that. I know, and the, the, the fact that they were the same age, is, it's like, that's yeah. just tripping me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, what on that level? Well, he was the same age, yeah. you know, yeah. roughly. Yeah. Looked about it. Hmm. I don't know. Strange. Maybe he wanted a girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There was he can. cute? Was he, yeah. you know, he was interested. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my friend's story. Crazy. I, I appreciate you calling and letting me tell it. Really appreciate it. Because I didn't have one until she <laughs> called me. Yes. So, um, I think we're all in need of more friend stories. So, yes. Yeah. I've got one that I've been sitting on waiting for my, my, friend story part it's a um it's a listener friend so we'll we'll see how how that goes it's coming oh, up or... i haven't forgotten about you yet don't oh, worry <laughs> but it was a submission and our first submission and i'm super excited to tell yeah. it i'm just waiting for my turn to come around girl <laughs> <laughs> but you have it next time right i think so I yeah think so it's it's yep. coming up so yeah so you're the right. next episode will be the first listener submission mm-hmm. we're ready to get some more too yeah. And then I have a, um, I have a follow-up from mm-hmm. the Redmont Ooh. for my next friend story. But then after that, we're, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm working on one. I have, I have one of those friends that's like, oh, I got something. But then doesn't ever want to tease it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, just tell me. 
Are you? Come I on. mean, are you wanting for us to beg? Is it, <laughs> please. Because I thought we did that last episode. Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure we have done that several times. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, send them in. I mean, I love hearing them. I mean, those. Oh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, good segue there. You can actually send them to ghostraisedinthesouth at gmail dot com. Email them to us. You know, we'll use them. We want them. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we haven't forgot about y'all that have submitted stuff. It's just been crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Life. We're also going to have a poll. Our poll should be up still. Yeah. Yes. Now that you've had a chance mm-hmm. to sit back, listen to all of us, analyze our dialect, <laughs> fill out the poll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't forget about our poll. Who has the best Southern accent out mm-hmm. of the three of us? Yeah. One, two, three. This, this is Lisa. This is Nikki. And this is Robin. No. <laughs> no, and, th- and this is Robin. Quit, quit trying to ham up your... Oh, wait. I think that was Bostonian, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, who who has the best Southern accent? That'll be on uh, Facebook? Yep. On the Facebook. All right. Well, um, we want to thank you all for listening. You can find us on Facebook at Ghost Raised in the South. Um, on Instagram at Ghost Raised in the South. And on Twitter at Ghosts Podcast. And then again, send us your submissions. We'll read those out loud. And that's ghostraisedinthesouth at gmail.com. Yeah, and then we're working on merchandise. Um, mm-hmm. Going to have that coming really soon. Had some requests for mm-hmm. some, some merch. So we're looking into it. We're getting it. We got yep. some on the presses right now, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening. Boo, y'all. Boo, y'all. Boo, y'all. Mm-hmm. Thank you.